Hi there, your buddy the humble farmer here with an hour or so of old-fashioned music just for you. This program is brought to you by the Humble Farmer Bed and Breakfast in St. George, Maine. Thank you for listening. My wife, Marsha's friend Donna, is very generous, and I mentioned it to Donna one time. Donna was raised on a hen farm over in Walderboro by Seidenspacker Pond. She had four or five brothers and sisters, and, and Donna said, I learned to share at an early age. If I didn't give them what they wanted, they took it anyway. Hi there, this is Clark Terry here, reminding you to pull your bearskins a little closer to the fire. That's it. <laughs> now you're talking to me. Ah, watch out for those snapping sparks. Everybody cozy? Now the good news is that you're in time for the humble farmer. You've worked hard all day, and you deserve to relax now. So stay right there and listen to the best of this kind of music.
One of my favorites, McKinney's Cotton Pickers here on the Humble Farmer. I'd love it. Thank you for listening. You won't believe that I could be capable of this, but yesterday morning I finished transplanting 30 new rhubarb plants. Of course, they're old rhubarb plants. You just dig them up and transplant them, you know. If rhubarb stays in the same place for too long, it gets very spindly. So you have to dig it up. You have to dig it up and transplant it. I, I raked, I shoveled the dirt off the grass. You know, I'd made a mess. I shoveled it back into the dug area. And while I was doing it, I thought of my friend and relative, Jazzman Ames, who was struck down while working in the heat after living on donuts for 30 or more years as a postal employee in Rochester, New York. So I kept thinking about him, and I kept stopping and kept wondering if I could do just a little bit more without being in danger of falling over. And when I got all the dirt slopped back, you know where it should be, I ran over it several times with a tractor to pack it down all good. And now, even as I speak, I'm flooding it with water so the plants will spring forth from the soil. And I'd love to mulch it. You know, I should mulch it right now and kill all the grass and weeds. It'll come fifth. We're so slow here, huh? Our weeds don't come forth. I know I'll never get around to mulching them. I'm the humble farmer at gmail.com. How do you go about replanting your rhubarb?
<laughs> Scott Hamilton, Harry Allen, Joe Cone, and a man I've never heard of before. It's in six-point type. John Alfred on trombone. And it says all kinds of good things about John Alfred in these teeny, teeny notes I have in my hand. And I don't think they need to say anything good about him. All you've got to do is listen. And it says here that it says here that Scott's saxophone got uh, smashed up. What's going on now? Who's crept into my studio? Well, I'm going to forget about that anyway. Let me let me just unload this. I put wire fence around my squash, which is very wilted from lack of water and the heat, and around the rhubarb, and I call the cow friends up into a new area to graze. The cow friends were grateful because they've eaten eight or more acres of pasture right down to nothing. It's pretty dry. And this is the first day they've been grazing in the, on our lawn, you know, on the north side of our house. First time they've been up there all year. And it's too bad it's so late because a week or so ago there was plenty of rich clover up there, but today it's all dead from the heat, you know, here in St. George, Maine. It's getting right up there, 72, 74 degrees every day. Anyway, it's time to move the cows across the road into the west pasture. My question for you today is, how long are you able to keep your cows on your pasture before you move them? I'm the humble farmer at gmail.com, and I'd love to hear from you. Thank you. 
Kenny Scott and Beckers here on The Humble Farmer. We're with any lucky dog. You can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time. Thank you for listening. The other day, my neighbor Bruce called to ask if I had a one-and-one-half-inch socket because he was working on his mowing machine. I told him to come up and we'd look. And when Bruce came up, I told him, I said, I don't have one. And of course, my wife, Marsha, the almost perfect woman, knows that I do this all the time. So my wife would have said, so you have three? Well, actually, I had two sockets, inch and a half sockets. So I gave him one for his very own so he won't have to borrow one again. I think these are three-quarter inch drive. Quite a bit of authority there. You know, you get an inch and a half nut, and most often you have to put a six-foot length of pipe on the T-bar wrench just so you can move it. And right after that, I never got down to work in my office at all. Right after that, Carol, a radio friend from years and years ago, she stopped in to say hi. And, of course, she pretended that she just stopped to ask the way to Port Clyde. But any person who works for L.L. Bean and comes to St. George with a GPS in the car, well, they don't stop in here and ask for the road to Port Clyde because there's only one road in this town and it goes to Port Clyde. So I I chewed her ear, figuratively speaking, of course, until she was glad to leave. And after I hung out the wash, I rested. I know you want to hear this. I rested after I hung out the wash, and I waited for the grandchildren to arrive. We only see them two or three times a year. And, of course, it's good to rest before they come, because when grandchildren are here, nobody rests. I drank some lemonade to get me in a proper mood. It was in a bottle in the refrigerator. Was I supposed to drink that lemonade? No, of course not. That lemonade was for the grandchildren. Can I do anything right? No. If you have ever been a husband, you might know what we're talking about here.
Recorded or produced by Brad Terry. I just can't, I like that song so much. I, I don't think I've ever played it myself. I don't remember of ever playing it. And I can't, took the sheet music out of my computer and I will sit at the piano for the next week or two and, and play those changes over and over till I get them down. You might be surprised to hear that I have what I believe to be the only solar-powered Model T Ford in Maine. I have what I think is a 22-volt solar panel 
charge in the battery in my 1919 Model T Ford truck. My friend Mike, Mike's a solo electrician, Mike hooked it up for me. And as you might remember, I built these photovoltaic panels several years ago, but I didn't know how to mount one on the side of my Model T because it needed a little box to shut off the power when the battery was fully charged. And I didn't know what this box was called. I didn't know where to get one till recently. Of course, when I found out what it was, I rushed right out and got one. Because it's, I mean, if you don't have solar power on your Model T, well, you're really nobody. There's a little red light on the box. This little box, only about two inches square, if that. And when the red light is on, it's charging. So the next time you come by the house, you can tell me how to attach this photovoltaic panel to the side of the Model T. Right now i got it sitting on the ground. It's doing the job. Also, also, instead of having two clips that I fasten to the battery that I have to hook up and take off every day, I think it would be a good idea, don't you, to have a junction box put on that car, you know, so that the solar panel will simply plug into it. And if this sounds good to you, perhaps you can tell me where I can get this junction box and what it would look like. What's it called? I don't know. My friend Mike, who hooked it up for me, works all week hooking up uh, solar panels on libraries and town offices and way down south in Massachusetts. Now, not many people in Maine like solar power on town offices because they feel it's detrimental to the coal business, but, but they're putting these panels up in Massachusetts. And Mike, i got to tell you, he did a great job hooking these wires from that solar panel to the Model T. I get a report that no one was injured in the operation.
Chinese cotton pickers here on the humble farmer, where, with any luck at all, you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time. I'm thehumblefarmer at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Without you, I am no one. And I think it is Steve up in Washington, Maine, who emails me silly things. Listen to this. Listen to this. After a night of drink, drugs, and wild sex, Jim woke up to find himself next to a really ugly woman. That's when he realized he had made it home safely. Well, even worse is this this one. Listen to this one. A boy asks a boy asks his granny, Have you seen my pills? They were labeled LSD. Granny says, Forget them pills. Have you seen the dragons in the kitchen? Beautiful music Dangerous rhythm Django, and I think we got some Ghana coming up. If you like Ghana, we're going to be playing some Ghana. While clicking through the channels the other day, I heard this exchange between two men dressed in business suits. 
One was a young man, one was an older man. I have no idea what this program was, I have no idea what happened later. All I want to tell you is what I heard the older man stand in say to the young man who was sitting in the chair. Listen to this exchange. Your daddy's money is not going to keep you out of prison. Well, actually it might. Cotton pickers here on the humble farm. And my wife Marsha, the almost perfect woman, recently put a small card on my desk and asked me if I would look up her friend's website. And of course, the website that her friend sent her was wrong. I had to Google around until I found this website. But listen to this. In the process, I read the note that her friend had written on the card. In this note, 
Masha's friend described her husband as open and caring. I showed it to my wife. I said, look at this, open and caring. I hope you never describe me to anyone as open and caring. And my wife said, she's a psychologist at Columbia University. She talks that way.
Ghana here on The Humble Farmer. We're with any luck at all. You can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time right here on your favorite station. Do you remember back when you could do things that you cannot do today? And, of course, I'm talking here about man-made laws. Are things moving too fast for you in the present world? Are you concerned about your loss of civil liberties? Case in point, you might remember when a very cheery and contented Santa Claus smiled up at you from your favorite book as pipe smoke curled around his ears. Remember those good old pictures? And, to move up a generation or two, you might remember when the cookie monster gorged himself on cookies. Mmm, cookies! And right there, right there on the television screen in front of millions of children, the cookie monster ate plate after plate of wonderful, warm, sugary ginger snaps. You know, the kind of cookies that my wife Marsha bakes, especially for you when you come to visit. But now, no more will the cookie monster wolf down cookies right there on the screen before, as I said, millions of his young fans did. Did you know that the cookie monster can no longer gorge itself on cookies? First they took away Santa Claus's pipe. Then they took away the cookie monster's cookies. Where will it end? When will they be coming for you?
<clears throat> Millenberg joys. Not Millenberg delights, but joys. No synonyms here. Made the mistake of eating the dish of ice cream before I started this program. And as a professional, oh, former professional after dinner speaker, I should know that you cannot eat milk products before you intend to stand before a crowd and articul articulate your sentiments. So thank goodness for this cough button. We will proceed bravely. My wife, Masha, is the almost perfect woman. When you've been single for 51 of your 79 years, you know how scary some women can be because, well, you've had the opportunity to read the service manuals on several different models. For some reason that I have never understood, some women can't just say what they have to say. They look at you, and then they say, We've got to have a talk. <laughs> so one day I thanked my wife, Marcia, because she had never once ever said to me, Robert, we've got to have a talk. And my wife said, Talk? What good would it do to have a talk with you? You don't hear half what I say, and I can't tell what you do hear because you don't say anything. You always say that nothing is worth discussing unless it's a life-or-death situation or if somebody's going to lose a limb. You're just like my father. You know, that can happen when you marry a younger woman. Her father usually is just about your age. Thank you. 
Augmented 11th Air Booth Tarkington. Well, I should thank you for listening because I probably won't get a chance later. Love to hear from you. I am the humble farmer at gmail.com. Booth Tarkington wrote a book called Penrod in 1913. And chapter 19 is a litany of the things Penrod consumed in one afternoon. You might recall candy, lobster coquettes, an extraordinarily large pickle, a glass of raspberry lemonade, a box of sardines, and a half pint of lukewarm cider. Mug in hand, a gentle glow radiating toward his surface from various centers of activity deep inside him, he then ate a slice of watermelon, a bag of peanuts, a box of popcorn larded with partially boiled molasses, three waffles thickly powdered with sugar, a slab of Neapolitan ice cream, and two and a half weenias. Now, because you might be having supper right now, I'm not going to tell you what happened to Penrod next, but, but Penrod's lack of intestinal fortitude came to mind. One night when, for the first... Are you listening to this? For the first time in our marriage, my wife Marcia was suddenly struck down. My wife never gets sick, so I couldn't believe it. You know, was it the flu? What was it? So I asked her what she had eaten since supper time. Do you believe peanuts, popcorn, a large Dairy Queen chocolate sundae that a friend had left in our freezer, and a Diet Coke? Just the Diet Coke would have finished me.